Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman with you on a Monday morning. We are so glad to be with you here on this Monday morning. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Be it at supertalk.fm or wherever you get podcasts, we want to let you know that we appreciate every time you click on our podcast and make us a part of your day. We love to be a part of your day, especially the great servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We'll get to our sponsors later in the show because we're going to get right into this. Another defeat for Mississippi State, 49-30 at the hands of Texas A&M. A game where Mississippi State made Texas A&M look like Alabama, which makes me wonder what Alabama is going to look like when they play Mississippi State. Before I get into anything I've got to say, one man is going to let us know what he thinks. He's getting the phone out. Is it written down again? Uh, it's just, I bullet pointed it. A, okay. Bit. Well, before we, we do anything else, Joel T. Coleman, I need for you to tell me what's causing all that. Glad you asked, Brian. I kind of figured you might. Um, <laughs> what's causing all that, both in the game and the mood around this program outside the game, is reality. The reality is that on Saturday in College Station, State was outmanned. You know, you guys, I, I was not sent to cover this game, but of course I followed along closely, watched your post-game videos, um, including your Periscope or whatever, which you said that uh, that you would defeat me in Bull in the Ring. Saw I would. That. I would. Uh, no, no question about it in my mind. But anyway, I followed along closely, of course. And when you guys mentioned who all was suspended for the game, who all was out for the game mm-hmm. due to injury, I immediately said, State's losing this football game. Yeah. I, I, I thought going in, when we thought Dantzler and company was playing, the State was going to lose by four or something like that. I think my predicted final score was 21-17, if I remember right. But I, I thought State was losing anyway. When I saw who was out, I knew State was losing that game. State was outmanned. They just were Yeah, on Saturday. That ain't Joe Moorhead's fault. Right. Period. I know that, that peop- it's bashed Joe Moorhead season. It ain't state. It ain't. It ain't Moorhead's fault that that he got to College Station and you know had to bring a, a stick to a gunfight yeah. kind of deal. That's just how it was, and what happened happened, and that's just the reality of it. They were out, man. Nobody wants to hear that because everybody wants to blame Joe, but that's the truth of the matter. On Saturday, State was out, man. Um, the reality is there's good excuses, but nobody wants to hear it. So here's the the, the outside the program reality. Despite all that, Joe has lost any benefit of the doubt that he's going to turn this around. Right. He just has. Uh, uh, outside of what we've talked about on this show the last few weeks, that you're just going to support who the Mississippi State head coach is. Nothing wrong with that, by the way. Nothing wrong with sticking by your team. Um, nothing wrong with sticking by the guy that is the head coach of your team until the day he's no longer the head coach of your team. I'm not hating on any of that. But as far as just expecting this to turn around – Joe has lost all benefit of the doubt in that regard because the reality is he's now been here for 21 games and he's almost, I mean, if he loses this week, he will be at 500. He's 11-10 since he's been in Starkville. You want to make that power five opponents? He's 6-10, Brian, yeah. against power five teams. That's terrible. Uh, I mean, more reality. The reality is that that good coaches – find a way to do more with less. And really, since Joe's been in Starkville, all he's done is do less with more. And 
that wasn't necessarily the case, like I said, on Saturday because he was outmanned, injury and whatnot. But, I mean, underachieved all last year. He continues to underachieve now. He finds ways to do less with more. And the reality of the whole thing is that, like, when you're – there comes a point when you're dating someone. I can remember a, a date I went on back when I was early, early on in college. It was, what, one date. And there was a point, like, 30 minutes in where it was like, this is not going to work. Yeah. Like, you you just, know. You just knew. Yeah. And quite frankly, at the end of the date, I think that uh, had I said, you know, you know, see you again next week kind of deal i think we could have had a date too but there was no point like there was zero point whatsoever in 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 the affair continuing and so well affairs wrong word it was not an affair yeah just so you know (laughs) (laughs) um can you listen to the show (laughs) but at, at any rate uh it was completely obvious that there was just no need to continue the relationship um and so i guess what i'm saying is the more dates that MSU has with Joe, the more to me it looks like we're only just counting the days to the split at this point. Yeah, and and I, he would point to signs that that there may be there's building going on here. You know, that's what he's talked about the whole time. It's building, it's building, it's building. And speaking of my lovely wife, she probably said it best yesterday. She said, "What in the heck is there to build? It was built." And I know you've said that before too, and and there's a yep. whole lot of folks listening that has said that, that, has that been said from day over one. And over but whenever Aussie. whenever it becomes apparent to someone that you know she likes football, she likes watching state. But I mean, it's not like she's you know John Madden or anything. She's dug into every single component of the game. Whenever people like that are seeing that it, something's just off, and so he would point to signs that 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 it's working, but I'm not seeing it at all. I'm not seeing it at all, and that's not an indictment. Of, that's not that's not based upon what I saw necessarily on Saturday. Although I could point out some, I mean, state started slow again on the road. Um, we I joked about the bull in the ring thing a while ago, but I mean, is that really what you want to do before a game to get you? I mean, that, and I'm not saying that there, it's right or wrong. Everybody's got different methods, but all I can say is 21 games in, I'm just not seeing it, Brian. And and that is the reality is that state sits here now. 21 games into the Joe Moorhead era. And to me, I'll say it again, though people probably hate hearing it. I like Joe, and I hope it works out, but I'm just counting the days to the split at this point. And if they lose out this year, is it this year? I I don't know. Maybe. Well, if you lose out and lose Abilene Christian, I would say probably at that point. But um, maybe it's, you know, in a year, you know, 14 months or so from now. Maybe that's when. But if you – told me to give you odds on him being the head coach here at the beginning of the 2021 season i mean i'm less than 10 percent in my mind at this point i agree and so anyway that's reality for me and it may not be reality to anyone else but But, yeah yeah that's well said that's well said um let's do this i know a lot of y'all are thinking right now he's got like 20 i don't I have nine. I came up with one more. Oh, you had one in in the midst of all that. In the midst of all that. Because you said something that made me think of it. So you you sparked one there. You you know what's about to happen here. These are the things that are true. They are brought to you by the people at College Corner. Go check them out at collegecornerstore.com or either one of their two locations, be it in Ridgeland over by Fleet Feet or in Flowood by Half Shell. 
and get some of the best MSU merchandise there, the best MSU merchandise there is to find, and the widest selection. Not just shirts and jackets and hats, but of course all the stuff you need to tailgate or to home gate. And I get the feeling that some of you are going to be taking that home gate option mm. in the coming weeks. And I'm going to talk about that in just a minute as well. So, again, check them out online at collegecornerstore.com or visit the, either one of their two locations. When you visit the locations or if you go use the promo code THUNDER online, you get 15% off uh, your purchase. you got to mention the podcast when you make that purchase in person. So check them out. College Corner, good, good friends of ours, sponsors of Thunder and Lightning. I got nine things that are true. They're big. I feel like some of these are big picture, so we're going to talk. We're going to talk a little bit more, maybe than we normally. This might be a long podcast because I feel like we got a, we got a lot to say. But number one for me, and it, it, historic. I, I follow college football. I, I follow the history of college football. I, I, I know. I'm not. I'm not Beano Cook. You know. I'm not. I'm not the Bear. But I, I know what I'm talking about. I feel like it's been with the history of the sport. I, I don't know the coaching and the analytics and stuff like that as well. As, as actual coaches and stuff like that. But the history of the sport, I can talk about it. And this feels unprecedented to me. Now, Mississippi State has already done this once in terms of they had a coach who in two years went from 10 wins to three no, three wins. Jackie Sherrill was 10-2 and two in 1999. He was 3-8 and eight in 2001. But that's the same coach. You know, that happens sometimes. The coach just loses it for whatever reason and it, it spins away from you. I cannot recall for the life of me a coach coming into a successful program and basically dismantling it within two years in the name of rebuilding it. <laughs> that, that's that's the and and you hit on it and your wife, you know, what did I say from the mouths of babes? Yeah. All right, she's not a child, but she's a babe. I wasn't oh, yeah. I wasn't going to make a comment yeah, about your wife's appearance because you, you go right ahead. That's that's your prerogative. She's my homecoming queen. There you go. Hey, as well she should be, lovely lady. But what I'm saying is this, she sees it, and you and I see it, and, and the thousands of people, they see it, and the man in charge doesn't see it. The man behind the curtain, the Wizard of Oz back there, he doesn't see it. What was there to rebuild? There was nothing to rebuild. The house was built, and it was honestly one of the nicer houses in the neighborhood. And you've, you've knocked it down, and now everybody's living in a shanty town. You know, you're living you're living in like a a, a mobile home. No offense, to people who live in mobile homes. I'm just saying, like a bad one, like a rundown mobile. Yeah, home. <laughs> we may be exaggerating that a little bit. It's well, not, I mean, it, no, it's we're not. We're not. <laughs> All right, there's only maybe two houses in the neighborhood worse than, than than ours now. Yeah, yeah, because that that was something else I was thinking about on Saturday. You're not only underachieving, you're underachieving in a league in which there are a lot of bad teams. Yeah. This was a year for State to jump up because Tennessee is bad, Arkansas is bad, Ole Miss is bad, Kentucky is bad. That should have been 4-0 right there. And then you had the four non-conference games, and Kansas State, yeah, they beat Oklahoma, and that's a big win for them. But that was a winnable football game. So you should have been 4-0 there. And then, gosh almighty, all you do is take one from Auburn, from A&M, from LSU, and Alabama. Now, all four of those are real. A&M's not, that, not nearly as good as State made them look. But there was a chance to take one game in there. Instead... The, the 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 possibility that you go three and nine that you don't win another game that you lose to Abilene Christian exists. It exists. It's enough that you could talk about it. Yeah. I can't remember a situation like this ever in the history of college football. Now I'm sure I'm sure one's happened. If you want, if you know what it is, by all means, point me to it. But for a coach to come into a program that was set for success and was set to have its best season ever, you know, I thought about Petrino. 
But that's different circumstances, right? Yeah. He got canned because of of situation that was not his own, of his own doing. They had to find an interim, and they just they hit on this one guy, and he was just not good. And then they decided to completely change. They state's philosophy in offensive change is not as drastic as what it was from Petrino to Bielema, just not. And now they're trying to do it again with Bielema. Basically, in seven years, Arkansas completely changes offense twice. You wonder why they're bad. State was gonna. It, it just needed tweaking. You know, the house was already nice. It was just, hey, let's just put in a pool. Let's put in a hot tub, a gazebo, something. You know, add a little little pizzazz. Instead, they pulled up the foundation. And I saw a tweet, and I forget who tweeted it, so I apologize. But they they had that video of Moorhead, and he was talking about how this group of players was going to set this standard. And it felt a little disrespectful to me. Anthony Dixon and Jonathan Banks and Dak Prescott and 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 Dylan Day and Chris Jones and Andre McKinney and Vic Ball they built the program and set the standard. All you had to do was maintain it and get it a little bit better. It's almost unforgivable. Even if he somehow turns it around, which is incredibly doubtful. When you talk about like mentality and program and, and culture and all that stuff. That word keeps coming up too. Yeah. Culture. If if like those guys you just mentioned, Dak and the boys, mm-hmm. were to meet this bunch in a back alley somewhere, they'd wipe them out, man. Just wax well, I mean, the floor. Think about think about Mullen's worst team, the sixteen team, I guess, was probably his worst team because that the 9 team was actually pretty good. They just they weren't they had they weren't good at quarterback and they played a really tough schedule. But other than that, they had a lot of talent. But like the sixteen team with Fitzgerald and Aris Williams and Fred Ross would, would score at will on these guys. And then defensively, yeah, maybe, you know, the Peter Sermon defense is the antidote to everything. But don't tell me that at the end of the game, Fitzgerald's not going to find a way to win the game. And Harris Williams and Fred Ross and those guys aren't going to get the job done. They are. They would wax this team. (laughs) Not to mention the fact that at least that team, I thought, played with some fire. This team, not so much. And I asked Joe about that. I saw that. I didn't agree with that answer. I didn't agree either. I, I didn't see the same... Fire. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about that in just a second. But Are you are we going to talk about the bull in the yeah, ring? Yeah, that's okay. number two. I, I don't get it. All right, bull in the ring, I'm old enough to have participated in bull in the ring. All I right, as well in junior high. Yeah, I mean, that's something that if people who are my age or maybe older, you remember it. Hell, I remember it fondly. You know, I, it built toughness. And I get it. And I be, I'm not one of these people, I'm not going to use the word snowflake or anything, but I'm not one of these people who doesn't understand that football is a hitting sport. It's not a contact sport. It's a hitting sport. And that that, that drill can have a place in, in, in a practice facility, in a practice regiment. I, I, I get that. But when you have been decimated by injury the way you have, and you're five, 10 minutes before kickoff or 20 minutes before kickoff, and you're going to do that? You know, I've tried to avoid some some words, but that's just stupid. It's just dumb. What is the what are you trying to prove? If your team needs to go out there and participate in that drill to get fired up and play in the game, you've already lost. Just get off the field. Save everybody the trouble. Just let me know I don't need to write anything. It reeks of and I again, I, I'm not fake. saying that it felt fake. It, it, it reeks of fakeness, but it also reeks to me of a of a staff. They have, they don't know they what to don't do. know what they're doing. They don't know what to do because it, it seems like who whose idea was that? 
So I'm not the first one to bring this up, but it is eerily reminiscent of Ed Orgeron at Ole Miss. Yeah. Doing a full contact scrimmage. He went, he went much further. Yeah. But it's like, who, who thought of that? It, player safety aside, you know, I, I don't get it. What what are you trying to do there? Are you is that is that how we're going to get motivated? That's how they're going to motivate. I, I I don't understand. You know, I, and look, Joe Moore has done a lot of things that I don't understand, but this is really close to the top. What I I, I remember, I'm sitting up in the press box and I see them down there, and I was like, "Holy cow, <laughs> they're doing bull in the ring." It, what? That's something that you do in like August. You know, once the season starts, bull in the ring is over because that's how people get hurt. And you're you've got Dantzler out and Smitherman's out for the year, and you're missing two starting linemen. That's one of those deals where if I'm the opposing team and uh-huh. I'm warming up on the other side I've of the won. field and I look over there and see that I'm laughing at those yeah. guys. What what would have happened if somebody had gotten hurt in that drill? What on earth would you say? That's well, that's we, how coaches get fired right there. Do we know that they didn't? I mean, we don't know, but I mean, that's how you get fired. You got your players hurt doing a full contact drill 20 minutes before kickoff. That's getting fired for cause there. That's losing your buyout getting fired. And I, again, I don't want to say that that drill doesn't have a, a purpose. I think in, in, in the right setting, like I said, it builds, it builds toughness, it builds character, it teaches you to keep your head on a swivel. But before the game, there's no place for that. It reeks of desperation. It does. It does. Number three, a lot of people blaming Dan Mullen. A lot of people blaming him. The holes left behind. The holes left behind, the recruiting. Fine. You want to blame Dan Mullen, that's your prerogative. But I want you to ask yourself something. Would he be three and five? Would he be three and five? I submit that he would not. He would have beaten Kansas State, and he would have beaten Tennessee, at the very least. Dan beat the teams he was supposed to beat. Dan Mullen, except for South Alabama. Except for because I'm not a count an egg bowl. All right, egg bowls can go either way. Dan Mullen, to, it, it, in my opinion, lost at best two games he should have won. And we're talking about bowl games too. I mean, he lost to Northwestern. Okay, it was in a bowl game. South Alabama is the only game that you can ever really point to in the regular season. Said so Dan Mullen should have won that game, and it was the only one. And we found out later that the kicker he sent out there to kick the field goal had a debilitating injury and should not have played the entire season, but he did. Dan Mullen would be five and three. I I have zero doubt. And people, are, oh, he went six and six. Okay, he went six and six. He did a couple of times, and maybe he would finish six and six this year. I don't know, but he would not be three and five. It just wouldn't be. He, I, he just I, I, that's one of those things where you like you can't prove it but I can. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to say that he would be 3 and 5, that means you think he would have this year doubled the amount of losses against teams he wasn't supposed to beat over yeah. the course of his, you know, exactly. what, 19 like he just did not lose to teams he was favored to beat. He just right. didn't. And he would have gone to Auburn undefeated. He would have lost to Auburn, maybe by the same score that Joe Moorhead did. And what are we at now with Joe on that counter? Like we're we're at what on the teams that he's lost to that he should have. Beat? He's been a favorite, I think, five times, a touchdown favorite or better, and lost. And he has never upset anybody by by Vegas terms. He has never had an upset in his uh, his all of his eleven wins. It goes back to what I was saying a while ago. In the you know what's causing all that, good coaches find a way 
to do more with less, mm-hmm. and Joe does less with more. Yeah, he just does, and, and, and that's all we've seen so far. And for the sanity of this podcast and everyone listening, it'd be great if he, if that changes. Yeah, but twenty one games, and we hadn't seen it. All right. So just you know, if you believe Dan Mullen will be three and five, I guess that's on you. I don't believe it for one second. And and it, and it's not to say that you know, I mean, Mullen's gone, and it, it, there's no bringing him back, and he was not going to stay. So it's sort of a moot point. But if if you're going to bring him into the discussion, I have to counter with that. He would not be three and five. Number four. I mean, if you want to call this positive, but I can't. How can I blame the defense? I can't. They had. They were missing five starters. All right, Mm -hmm. three on suspension and one with a season-ending injury, and then Dantzler should be back. It was like Joel said. Once I learned that Dantzler was out, and I knew the other guys weren't playing, and then of course I found out about the offensive line. But there was no way they were going to win. It was just going to keep it close, and they couldn't. I mean, Kellen Mond is not as good as he's. I'm not as low on Kellen Mond as some other people. I don't think he's terrible. He's not having his best year. He, I thought he would have a better. He had a better year last year than he's having this year. But he just had time. He had time to throw, and he had open guys. And then state compounded that by missing tackles. And I didn't think, like I said, I didn't think they played with great effort. But you can't. What can you do? I can't put a whole ton on Bob Shoop. If you told me if Bob Shoop had Willie Gay, Lee Autry, Marcus Murphy, Cam Dancer, and Maurice Smitherman out there on Saturday, state doesn't give up forty nine points. They just don't. Yeah. Anyone that told you before this season that those suspensions and stuff wasn't going to be that big a deal, that was just dumb. Yeah. To say that. Anybody who said something, anything remotely resembling that was incorrect. Yeah. Because it's it just not true. Because whenever you have injuries in addition to those suspensions, and you're yeah. going to have injuries, it's football. You have injuries. You're really in, you're And you're really trying hosed. to replace three first-rounders. You need every hand on deck. Mm-hmm. But that said, number four, I'm sorry, number five, they don't affect the offense. Who was suspended on the offense? Devontae Jason? Well, he's gone anyway. Dollar Bill? So your second string right tackle? There's no excuse for the offense to be this bad. Yeah. Now, well, I mean, having a couple starters out on Saturday, now that, that, and that impacts things. I'm talking little. about a big picture, big picture offense. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, and of course you say that, State ran for <laughs> a ton of yards. Callen over 100. Callen had a great game. Schrader was okay in the running game. But... The suspensions aren't so. When I hear Joe Moorhead talk about you know the unique circumstances, I just want to say like, but they're, the offense isn't the issue there. They're, you're not missing a what I would call a key player, not one. Everybody you expected to get contributions from, you're going to get. You got them, and you're still not good. And you've had two different quarterbacks this season, and it's still not working. So that's not that's not a suspension problem. If you want to talk about the suspensions being a problem for the defense, we can talk about that. I believe that. I will I will accept that. Call it an excuse or a reason or whatever you want to call it. I'll accept it. But not for the offense. I won't. I will not. He would I think, and I'm speaking for Joe Moorhead here, I think he would point to, well, we have a true freshman running things right now. But the thing is, he didn't have a true freshman last year running things and so far, his schemes just look. There's no other way to say it. His scheme sucks since he's been here. Yeah, he ain't worked. Yeah, didn't and, have a true I, freshman I, last year. Didn't have a true freshman. You know, Tommy Stevens, after he got hurt. I mean, it, and if you want to say Tommy was great, and I did. Look, I'm as guilty as anybody because I watched Tommy Stevens through that first game and a half and thought, yeah, you oh, got this, something. This here. could really work. But 
upon further review, that was a little dumb by me because they're playing Louisiana and Southern. And in reality, Joel, we, we, we messed up. We, we've talked about how improved the offense looked. We were wrong. The offense last year scored 56 points on Louisiana. They won 56 to 10. And I'll grant you the defense probably you know was going to give up more points missing Simmons and sweating those guys. But you lost nearly 20 points and almost, I think like 200 yards of offense. And we came on here like a couple of fools. Yeah. And I know we're not supposed the guy was right. We don't we don't need to call ourselves that. But in that instance we were. We were wrong. We came on here, oh, Tommy Stevens looks great and this offense is going to be moving. And I mean it's like you know what I think? I think we just we were looking and grasping for any straw that this was going to work. Yeah. No, you're, right. you're probably not wrong. And we sit here now eight games in. Yeah. I mean, I thought you do. There ain't anything. There wasn't anything that's going to work. So, Number six. This team can't fix more than one thing at a time. If they have like three issues, the next game one of them will be fixed. But the other two are still exist. And then another one will pop up. For example... Kylan Hill misses, you know, finally you get to the point where Kylan Hill are like, what's going on with Kylan Hill? Well, Kylan Hill's good in this game. But you still can't pass when you need to. You're still turning the ball over way too much. You know? Now, now you've got issues in the secondary because you don't know have anybody healthy. You just can't. They don't have the ability to fix multiple issues. And this goes back to, you know, Moorhead, we're going to fix it, we're going to fix it. When? When? When are you going to fix it? When is that day going to be? When is there going to be a day where I look at that team and go, wow, they're really playing well today. They're, they're playing efficient. They're crisp. They're playing with a level of precision, which is, I'll use his word. When is that day going to be? Uh, but It's not going to be this season. In addition to that, there are several issues that just never get fixed. Yeah. I mean, special teams. We've talked about that repeatedly. Every game, there is a special teams issue. Every game. I mean, road games, State is going to almost certainly stink in a road game. And guess where the game is Saturday? Which is now, by the way, the biggest game of the Moorhead tenure after we said Tennessee was a couple weeks ago. That's where we are. Now Arkansas has surpassed it. It has. The the road game thing is is just, I mean, in the first quarter, you're minus 31 in the first quarter this year. Now, part of that is Auburn. I get that, but... You're st- they just never get off to a fast start. A lot of times they don't even give themselves a chance. No, they're three on the road. They, states states three and out in its first two series. You know, I mean, you get a first down. I mean, a first down at least quiets the crowd for five seconds. Like once or twice, it's just sometimes the other team's just better than you. But when it's repeated like this, Brandon just yells, "These guys aren't ready to play on the road for whatever reason." And I know sometimes, especially in the SEC, when you go to LSU's and Auburn's and Alabama's, sometimes you do run into teams that are just better than you, and that happens. Yeah. But this team, man, they come out, and it's like five minutes into the game, and, and you just feel like you're out of it already sometimes. And they just sometimes feel like, and again, we're talking big picture, it every single time, but a lot of times it just feels like they, they have, I, I don't know if it's lack of preparation or if something, I, I don't know, but the, at the end of the day, guys should get themselves ready to play. But if they're not, the coaches should be doing all they can to get the guys ready to play. And when they're on the road, nobody's ever ready. They just aren't. And it's no longer a – I mean, it, it's now a tradition almost. Yeah. Such as – so that despite the fact State's a seven-point favorite or whatever they are at Arkansas this week, I'm half expecting them to lose the game. Mainly because it's on the road. Yeah. And the opponent doesn't matter. Well, let's talk about the opponent real quick. Number seven, 
Arkansas has lost its last two games by a combined score of 99-17. to But find me an MSU fan who thinks State's going to win. They have gotten humiliated two games in a row by Auburn and Alabama. One of those games was at Arkansas. They lost to Auburn at Arkansas at home 51-10. to This is an Auburn team that has only scored more than 24, 28 points twice all year against Mississippi State and Arkansas. They're not good offensively, 51 to 10. Alabama was 48 to 7, and I didn't watch a second of that game. And without watching a second of the game, I will tell you that if Alabama wanted to score 100 points, they could have. And that's with Mac Jones, their backup quarterback. Arkansas is a really, really bad football team. They haven't won an SEC game now in two years. They have lost non conference games to Colorado State, to San Jose State. They're awful. Vegas sees that and let State should win the game by a touchdown. The fact that it's only a touchdown tells you something in and of itself. They were a 35-point underdog to Alabama. State can only get seven. And yet, if I, if I MSU fans right now, if I took a poll and said, would you put money on it? No. The majority would say no. The, I think a big majority would say no. And probably would expect to lose. <laughs> that, and that's a humongous indictment on the entire Moorhead era that you're going into that game against that team that hadn't won a conference game in two years. And no one just thinks State's definitely winning that game. Yeah. Nobody thinks that. And if you do, God bless you. Because even me, and I'm going to pull out the old sunshine pumper, Joel, here for a minute, that used to sunshine pump everything. I'd probably come on the air and say, oh, great day to be a Bulldog, get get the cow, yay, whatever. And then I'd probably say, but I'm not too sure about it. Yeah. I'm Look. I have I, boy Bob. God. Bob is happy he's not on this show anymore. I just could you imagine these last few weeks with with Bob? He probably he probably would be ready to cry. I don't know. You would have to do a lot of solo shows if Bob was still with you. Probably, probably. so. It would reach that point. Yeah, the the B and B show would have come to an end because he couldn't have been on staff and yeah. and, and and gone through this. <laughs> no, that's one of the things that the B and B show coincided with winning football. And so, I mean, there were some, some there were some, up and down there were some years, downs, but, but for the most part, you, you, they were going to bowls and beat who they were supposed to beat. Yeah. So I mean, you know, when they lost Alabama, they lost Alabama. Yeah. You know, they had they had some games I didn't like with the performance, but it was never like this. I mean, really, the only thing that you could complain about was marketing, which you did all the time. I did every now and then. And not, not Bob, all, not Bob all, didn't like that. Not all the time. Yeah. It was more about the the Rick Ray era got most of the the, the and like Cohen's second to last year yeah. at baseball. But yeah, I mean, Arkansas is not good. But state fans are not going. No, nobody has any faith in this happening. Speaking and, of the fans, and really, they shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, if I, I mean, I don't, I don't. I'm not one that's going to tell fans what to think. I mean, if you want to go in as blind optimism, have it, have at it. I mean, I'm the world's biggest optimist, 99.9 percent of the time. But I don't see how you can go into this and just assume states winning. Speaking of the fans, number eight, I feel sorry for you guys. I feel sorry for MSU fans right now. Like you and I go to these games, and we're not spending our own money. Mm-mm. You know. I, I I flew out there this weekend. I get a rental car. Eat good. I eat pretty good. Yeah. I stay in a hotel. I'm not paying for any of that. It's my job. My company pays for that. I mean, some poor schmuck dragged his kids out of bed and drove or flew or came, you know, decided to stay a couple of days and spent seven, eight hundred dollars on a hotel room or six hundred dollars on a hotel room and how much on food to watch that. How many people went to Knoxville? There was a good state crowd at Knoxville to watch that. 
How many people? How much did you spend on season tickets? And there's three games left. And I mean, you can't. You can't. Are you going to eat the cost on that and just not come and put yourself through it? Or are you going to come and you watch your team just get walloped by Alabama, and then pl- watch them play uh, a, an absolute nobody, and then have to sit through the the egg bowl and chew on your fingernails the whole time, praying that it's it, that you win? I mean, I, I totally understand why people would be like, I, I'm not putting myself through this anymore. But then you've you've lost that. That's it's just wasted money. People spend. And this is one of the things that, that athletic departments do that I just, I can't stand sometimes is you know Mullen did it with the you know show up and buy a ticket and they they, they hide information and stuff. These are your shareholders, man. These are your customers. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine going to a store and they're just like you're like hey um uh, I'm trying to think of an example here but like can I, can I see you know can I see your health you know go to a restaurant can I see the health department's court no no we, we can't show you that can't show you that but I pay to eat here it doesn't matter. And we're not going to show it to you. But that's what happens. They hold this information out on you. On, on, on you know, they just they don't they don't tell you anything, and they make you they make you feel bad if you don't show up. They tweet out the players saying, "We need you guys there." Well, the fans are probably saying, "We need you guys there. We need you to show up. <laughs> we're showing up. There's fifty thousand of us. Where are you getting drug up and down the field?" You know, yeah, you know what I would do right now if I was marketing. The next video I send out, you can't even hear Joe Moorhead's voice. They they put these videos out and he's talking to the team. And go read the comments. Everybody's like, I'm sick of hearing him. The next video needs to be the players. Just show us the players, because nobody wants to hear from that guy right now. Yeah, you know, I mean, it goes back to what we said the last few weeks. He can't say anything. There's nothing he can say. He has to. All he can do. All he can do is put a product on the field that the people don't feel like I'm showing up at the stadium just getting fed crap. I came into the press conference wondering what he was going to be like, and he was just totally normal. Totally the the guy we've had so many times before. And all I could think was, I bet something in his mind was like, and I I could be wrong. Could be wrong. I'm I'm trying to read his mind here. But I think he thought, if I come in hot again, it's going to feel staged. I think he was really mad. Or or maybe mad is not the right word, but he was fired up after the LSU game. And he just he just let it all out. I think if he had been like that again, people would have been like, "Okay, this is so fake." So he didn't do it smartly. Yeah. But I mean, I feel bad for fans. I mean, I, I walking off the field the way A and M Stadium is laid out. I you know it's sort of like states where I follow the team in and right by the they're right by the state section, and I could look up in the stands and there were some long faces and people who you could see people were just like, "Why did I come? Why did I come to this?" You know, the players' parents don't think like that because they're they're happy to see their children succeed as well they should be. You know, but the average fan who comes up there and spends all his hard-earned money trying to watch this team, and that's what he gets in return. I feel bad for that guy. You know, and I'm not going to be one of these people who tries to make you feel bad if you say I'm not coming. All right, and and within all this lies the inherent problem of if state continues down this plight. Mm -hmm. Good luck getting those folks to show up next year. We've we've said it. I'll say it again. We've said it a hundred times. I feel like. New Mexico State, Tulane, Alabama A&M, Auburn, Arkansas, Texas A&M, Missouri. Convince me to spend thousands of dollars to come see those games for a team I think is probably going to go 4-8 and again. Convince me to do it. You can't. You can't. I feel, I mean, I'm not going to feel bad. So you think they're going 4-8? You just said again. 
<laughs> is that where your money's at right now? <laughs> Why would I think they're going to beat anybody? They play I know. terrible. I know. I'm not hating on you. For they a don't foot. have any fire about them. I don't feel. I just don't, I don't see it. And then I think there's the, the offensive scheme is just bad. You know. Now, granted, you know, in the two must-win games, they're going to have the full strength as, as much as they can have right now. Yeah. So that's working for them at least. But yeah, if you're, I'm not going to be. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna use this platform to beat down fans and who say I'm tapping out. Mm. I understand. Oh yeah, I understand. Absolutely. You know, and, I, and if I wasn't getting paid, trust me, if I wasn't getting paid and it wasn't my job to go to these games, I wouldn't go. I don't watch that. It's not any fun. It's not any fun to do this. It's not any fun to go there and walk up and down Kyle Field and try to explain why the team sucked again. I'm not enjoying this. Particularly when everybody has a big screen TV in their house, and if yeah. things get squirrely, you can just change the channel. Exactly. You know, I got food in my fridge. <laughs> I don't have to pay to park in my uh, my parking lot, my driveway. I got a, a you know, big TV. Got a comfortable couch. The temp- it's, it's climate controlled in there. I go to the bathroom. It's my bathroom. I don't have to wade through a bunch of other people. Yeah. I mean, and all those are issues when you're yeah. doing well. My, my <laughs> phone... The Wi-Fi on my phone works just fine in my house. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, that's the issues that Alabama has. LSU, teams that are doing well, they're trying to sell fans to come to the games. When you're not winning, that's a losing battle. Mm-hmm. So, I feel, I mean, you know, I, 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 I'm not going to I'm not gonna hate on anybody who says I'm not coming back. And the darndest thing is, man, you know, sometimes you can say, I'm going to show up, and even if you don't like the coach or something, I'm going to show up and support the guys because at least they're playing hard. I think there's a large segment of the fan base now that don't even think the guys are playing all that hard. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't so, disagree with that. So, I mean, that. there's really nobody to show up and support because you're kind of sick of everything. Yeah. All right, last one, number nine. You lose this game, and that is that. That's that for Joe Moorhead. There will be no coming back for him. Next year, he would have to put up a result that he can't put up. If, if, if he loses this game, because then you're, you're missing a ball game. And you're probably going to lose to Ole Miss at that point. Because the team will, at some point, the team is going to stop responding. You go four and eight, five and seven. Next year, you'd have to go like 10 and two to get, I mean, even if you go seven and five next year, people are going to be like, it, it, it's, he's not, it's not right. It's not working. It's not working. Then it would feel like, if what just happened happens yeah. and you lose this week and the next year you pull a seven and five, then it feels like suddenly the ceiling of your program is then seven and five. Again. Yeah. That's kind of what it feels yeah. like. Yeah. And even then I would whereas, you know, we kind of think that was what the floor was now. Right. I mean, we keep using construction. I mean, right now, to be totally honest that, with you, look at next year. Think about the way this team plays on the road, right? The road games are at NC State, at Kentucky, at LSU, at Alabama, at Ole Miss, right? Are they winning more than one of those games? I wouldn't predict it. So at best, we'd say they're one and four, right? That's that's the best case scenario. Two and three, if you want to be sunshine pumpy. I'll I'll go with you. Two and three. So now to get to seven and five, I got to go five and two at home with Auburn, Arkansas, Texas A&M, Missouri, and hell, a two-lane team that's not terrible. They're pretty good. That program is pretty good. I mean, is that going to happen? It seems far more likely that you're one and four, and that maybe you're three and and four at home, or maybe four and three, and you're missing a bowl again. That mathematically makes more sense, right? This is it. 
this is the crossroads right here. You're there now. You either win and you can somewhat go forward, or you lose and it is over. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it will legitimately be over because I'm not convinced that if they, you know. No, I'm not saying they'll fire him. I'm not saying, I, don't think he, I don't think he's going to get fired this year. Even if he goes 3-9. and nine. He loses to Abilene Christian. I don't know for a fact he's going to get fired. I don't think he will. I feel like if he went 3-9 and nine, that he would be, but that's just me. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't get that. Because if you got John Cohen on the air saying that it's more about how you compete than wins and losses, that tells you something right there. You know, John, there's no way that he can look at this and think it's headed the, it's headed where it needs to go, really, right? I mean, he's going to say that in public. He's going to tell that to Paul Feinbaum. If I go ask him, he's going to show his support. John Cohen is smart. If, in, if nothing else, he I, I feel like I know that he is an intelligent man. Well, he's a former coach. He should be able to get an idea of which way a team is going. And... I mean, what what I want to s- somebody to tell me is, if this legitimately is headed in the right direction, show me what's headed in the right direction. What part of it is headed in the right direction? I'd hate to see what's going in the wrong direction if this is going in the right direction. I mean, I- honestly, tell me something. I can tell you one thing. I think Garrett Schrader will continue to improve. I agree with that. I think you've got some good young talent. I think some of the, I mean, Jerry and Jones and Martin Emerson. Are players that I like for the future. They're not. They're not where they need to be now. And then you saw that on Saturday. They're gonna get better. The guys you thought were gonna go pro, they should all be back. Earl Thompson, Cam Dantzler, Willie Gay. I think even Kylan Hill will be back. You know, you've got. You know, I think. But you're bringing back some of these pieces, particularly on offense, to run the same offense and have work. That's the issue. Yeah. You, what you have to hope, I guess, is that you've improved. That you improve your talent at receiver because that's what's hurting you more than anything else. You know, Gidry just keeps dropping passes. You know, Thomas is pretty solid. Osiris Mitchell has taken a big step back. I don't think he's going to get to 500. He had nine yards on Saturday. If you assume against Alabama he's going to get maybe 25, he's going to have to get 100 yards in the other three games. I, I just don't know. I, mean, I could be wrong. He might, have, he might come out this weekend and have six catches for 160 yards. But it's not looking like it's going to get there. But you have to hope that you're just better at receiver with Malik Heath and Caleb Ducking and, and you know Griffin coming in. And then you know next year you just keep getting better because that's that's, that's the main spot you're you're hurting at I think offensively, and then your defense should be better next year because you bring these guys back, and you, all these young guys have had all this experience, and you're bringing in three JUCO defensive linemen to give you some extra experience. You should be, in all honesty, you should be better next year because you get Auburn, A and M, Arkansas at home. Those are your toss up games. You should still be able to beat Kentucky. You should be able to win at least three of your non conference games, and that is seven wins. And you should be able to be you know be able to beat Ole Miss. You know, I don't know, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel like that's going to happen. So to me, this is it for Joe Moorhead. This is this is the crossroads of the Joe Moorhead era. Man, could you imagine State loses at Arkansas? They come home, get drilled by Bama. Yeah, that Abilene Christian game. There may be twenty five thousand people there. That's generous. It might be like a Startwell High School game. Yeah, might be five six thousand people there. I mean, and see if you if you draw it up like that, Brian. First day, I don't know first how, day of deer season. Th- that's why I say how. If you lose to Arkansas, you're get, you're getting beat by Alabama. Nobody's disputing that, right? So if you lose to Arkansas, you're going to go into that Abilene Christian game with nobody in the stands. And I just can't imagine John Cohen would get there to Davis Wade Stadium that day, look around, see a stadium that was a third of the way full, and think, "Yeah, I want another year of this." 
I, ca- I can't imagine that would happen. But hey, I mean, those tickets are sold, man. That TV money is already in the bank. Mm, season ticket renewals had went out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm talking about the tickets for this game are sold. Yeah, for for this game, yeah. yeah so, but butts and seats ain't there depressing, yet. What a depressing thing. The fact true. that we're even talking about that though is it's, it's, it's just de- it's depressing. It's the, it is. It, it's just. And then, look, I'm going to tell you right now, you know, Joel and I, you guys know what we are. But if Tyler Horka and Ben Portner were having this discussion, it's still depressing. They would tell you it's depressing. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure people will listen to this and, and talk about how, you know, you and I are just negative. But well, we don't give, right now, folks. We, we don't give nearly as good an MSU analysis as some other schools of media, but that's fine. <laughs> right, right now, though, there is – I don't care how big of a sunshine pumper you are. There – there's very little positive to pull right. out here. You're pulling out like stuff from the players, but the problem is the players are controlled by the coaches. Schrader is good, but he can only be so good within the confines of this offense. Same with Kylan Hill. You know, just just I keep nitpicking little things. Something that got I started, and I should have noticed it this whole time. But does State have any plays where Kylan Hill gets the ball and he's coming downhill already? Now he's a pretty powerful runner. But every play is a delayed handoff. So he gets the ball and then he starts moving. He doesn't, there's no play where we're just, you know, Schrader takes the snap and he turns to hand the ball off and Hill's already got a good head of steam and he takes the ball and he just slams into the line. Doesn't happen. Yeah. You know? It's just painful. It's just painful. That's why I go back to number one. Like, when has this ever happened? When has a team, this team won nine games two years ago? They are on the verge of winning four. I mean, this is not the same scenario here, but didn't uh, when when Derek Mason took over for James Franklin or whatever? Totally different. Like, that's totally different, I guess. Because Vanderbilt. They, they dropped off the cliff immediately. Yeah, Vanderbilt, that next team, everybody was like, Franklin, he got out at the right time. Yeah. Everybody said Mullen left too early. You know, that team was poised to be his best one. Someone else, somebody, a friend of mine pointed this out. I won't, I won't give him credit because it'll make him mad. <laughs> like, you should have said my name. I'm not going to say it. But people like to make the Croom comparisons with, with Moorhead. And, and I, don't, I don't necessarily agree with those, but whatever. But Croom took over a program that was bad, and he just kept it bad. You know, it was bad when he got there. It was bad when he left. This program was good when Joe Moorhead got here. And now it's bad. And that's an indictment on him, for sure. And, and if Mississippi State were a stock, for anybody that wants to be incredibly sunshine pumpy, if Mississippi State were a Buy stock, low right now. Well, I'm just asking. Ask yourself and be honest with yourself here. What direction is this program headed? Is it headed up? Or does it seem to be sliding down? And I would contend that every single day now, it's getting closer and closer to what it was in the mid-2000s. Yeah. It just is. Yeah. And, and ah, I... Ah. I mean, at some point, you just got to put the brakes on and... and Go a different direction. I don't know what that breaking point is for Cohen and the people that make those decisions, but goodness gracious, I can't imagine that you get to the end of this season if it is a four and eight year, and you just think, no, it's it's headed the right direction. Like I can't imagine thinking that way. Yeah. But hey, we'll see. Yeah. Well, what are you talking about over there? Are you talking about some coach that know how to call plays? Now, let's talk about something important. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. Joe Moorhead can't have a single drop of coffee. Right. 
because this is all on him at this point. I'm, I'm tired of blaming special teams on Joey Jones because it's eight games of special teams problems. So either fix it or don't. <laughs> Just say, I'm not going to fix it. We're going to wait till the end of the season to fix it. Quit telling me it's going to get fixed. All right? It's on Joe at this point for me. It's 100% on Joe. I, I, this is how bad special teams were. State would have been so much better off on Saturday just fair catching every kickoff. They would have averaged like four more yards of kickoff, of, of field position. There was one drive in particular. Zuber returned it out to like the, the 14. If he had fair caught it, they'd have been at the 25. The drive ended at the 15-yard line of A&M they, they kicked the field goal. They would have been at the four. It would have been fourth and goal. How different is the play calling on first and goal versus first and 10 from the 15? Just fair catch it. Every time State does a kickoff return, they just go slam right into the, the wall of bodies and they hope for the best. Just fair catch it. It goes to the 25. It's like State doesn't know that rule exists. And then, on the other hand, I, I've never seen... They, they, they had three different guys kick off on Saturday. And it's just like they're sky kicking it. They're squib kicking it. Here's another thing. State scores with, what, 20 seconds left, 30 seconds left? Mm-hmm. So make it 49-30. They go for two. Like they're still in the game. Okay. So you want to play like we're still in the game? Sure. Then they don't onside kick. So are you in the game or not? Are you trying to win or not? Make sense of that. You can't. No coffee for Joe Moorhead. Two weeks in a row, the state of Missouri is without coffee. What on earth? You know, state fans—they've got it bad right now. But Missouri fans, two weeks, two weeks ago today, two weeks ago today, they were thinking we could win the East. We still have to play Georgia. We still have to play Florida. We beat Florida last year. We could do this. We could win the East. Then you lose to Vanderbilt and Kentucky back-to-back, and Kentucky handled them with a quarterback who can't pass. He cannot throw the football. Imagine winning a baseball game with a pitcher who couldn't pitch. Imagine winning a basketball game when nobody on the team can shoot. The man cannot throw the football, and you didn't. And they, they lost by three touchdowns. Fire him! Barry Odom! No coffee! How is it even possible that they lose these two games? Oh, me. God. I think Kelly Bryant just coming on an official visit just ruined him. Just being here. It doesn't make any sense that they've lost these two games. When they beat Ole Miss, I thought they're going to have a legit chance to win the East. At worst, they're going 9-3. and three. Shout out to Will Muschamp. He almost got this. I have a, you know, what do I always say with Will Muschamp? Don't, why, why, why am I believing in Will Muschamp? I'm done with that. I'm not picking on that guy again. So I don't know who South Carolina plays. Have they played Vanderbilt yet? You got a chance to catch me. Because I'm going to take Vanderbilt in that game. <laughs> well, then I hope they play. I think they've, they haven't played yet. I don't, know. I don't think I mean, they have. I may change my mind, but geez, Louise, Tennessee beat the, just beat them up and down the field with a third string quarterback. But Missouri is, is just inexcusable. Oh, I don't get it. Football is not as hard as it needs to be sometimes. It just sometimes football should just be easier than it is. I wasn't even watching that game either. I just I was I just like, let me check the score of that game. And I was hanging out with Tyler and Ben. 
And I looked at it, and I was like, Ben, I will, I will give you money if you can guess the score of the Kentucky-Missouri game. And he looked at me and goes, just based off that, Kentucky's got to be winning. Um, I don't know, 21-20. I said, it's 22 nothing at the half. No one could believe that. All right, number, number my, my, I'm sorry, my national one. You know, I hate to pick against the church, but Notre Dame. Just got hammered. Handled. They got handled. Michigan, led by the most overrated coach in college football, quarterback by the most overrated player in college football, beat them like they stole something from them. Notre Dame had like 150 yards of offense. The, the video, by the way, of the Michigan lineman, just have you seen this? Yeah, yeah, just pushing him out of bounds. Oh, I mean, just not kept, just out of bounds. Yeah, just he kept, almost pushed him out of the stadium. <laughs> he almost pushed him into row one. Buy him a popcorn and a Coke. I love that, by the way. An old lineman like me, just take him down. Let's go. That is embarrassing. I bet there's some folks around here that love to see similar things. Oh, I'm sure. Similar efforts. They would. I'm just saying, like, that. that's embarrassing for Notre Dame. I think they thought we're going to win this game and have a chance to get in the playoff discussion. They're probably mad at Georgia. Like, gosh, that would have been a good loss for us. I said this on Friday's uh, show that if Georgia losing that game hurt Notre Dame a ton because they were going to say, what if Georgia wins out and we've got one loss and we could get in the playoff? And instead, Georgia's not very good and now you're terrible. That's it's, it's embarrassing. So no coffee in Notre Dame. I don't know if, you know, I don't know how that works up there. You know, when you get up to do your early services, you have to yeah. have a Mountain Dew or something. No, no coffee's allowed. It's for clo- had- you know why? You know why they can't have any coffee? Because it's for closers. <laughs> you know, if, if BYU's ever the no coffee, th- we're going to have to do something different. You ever thought about that? They have to have coffee. <laughs> you need some coffee. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Oh, so today's press conference day. You think all these things, you know, for us are kind of becoming like Groundhog Day. Do you think it's coming Groundhog Day in the MSU locker room a little bit? That's I, that's I think that's a legit concern when you because of the phrases. It's it's all we hear the same stuff. We hear all the same the stuff all the time. It's got to be getting old. Because I'll be honest with you, it's getting boring to me. Yeah. Now nobody cares. I, if I it gets boring to the I don't media. Everybody execution, physicality, and precision. Well, you're going to hear it. I guarantee yeah. you, you're going to hear it and, today. Uh, and hearing about you know champion, you know one game at a time, single mindedness of purpose. Out one the, game, out season. the windshield, not the rearview mirror. Yeah, point the thumb, thumb not, not the finger. finger. It's just everything. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. I don't know how many of them are coming, but some of them are coming yeah. today. Tomorrow's show, we'll talk about what came. We'll talk about what what we heard. Uh, we'll do our picks tomorrow. And then uh, we'll see what else this week brings. But we, we need to we need to freshen us this podcast up a little bit this week. We might try to do some different things. I would love that because yeah, this it's, juncture, getting old. it's getting a little repetitive. Yeah. Well, then it's, it's just depressing. I don't want to sit here and do this. I don't either. Last year was more. Well, last year wasn't more fun, I guess. But you know, there there've been more fun times for me doing but, but these things. Really, last year there were moments of like I mean the jo- Auburn game, the A and M game. I enjoyed the, the Ole Miss game, fantastic. Yeah. So. Which I guess could still happen with the Ole Miss anyway. And, and look, we maybe we hadn't done a victory Sunday in what a month and a half. I don't know if we'll get to do one next week either because we'll be on the way home probably from Arkansas. But no, a, no matter what, and we may not, we may not even have the opportunity even if we got home because no telling what's fixing to happen. But, You're right. Man. So we'll see what happens. Anyway, let's do fun stuff. We'll try. All right, guys, have a great uh, Monday morning. I'll talk to you again. We we will talk to you again on Tuesday. For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.
Super Talk Mississippi media production.